Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Travis Swearingen of Monsoon. He is the director of growth, digital marketing expert, all around really cool guy. But I know we've been talking, I think, on Facebook and all for maybe about a year now. Does that sound about right, Travis? Yeah, I think we, I think we connected about a year ago through uh, Marshall Gillen. Yep. Yep. Marshall Gill. He's a good guy. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. Actually, I met him up in Montana last May. So that was kind of a fun, fun thing there. Um, <clears throat> but for people that don't know you, like they're listening to us, tell me just a little bit about yourself and what you do at Monsoon and maybe some crazy fun fact about you. Uh, yeah. My name is Travis Swearingen. I'm the director of growth for Monsoon. Uh, kind of like you said, my, uh, my job is to uh, focus on the agency side of things versus just taking care of, of the clients. You know, I think that, uh, in a lot of businesses, like we were talking about kind of before the show, like, mm-hmm. the, like the cobbler's son never gets new shoes. You know, you're, you're so busy taking care of your customers and trying to provide a great service that you don't take the time to work on your own company. It happens all the time. And so what my role is in my business is, while my my partners and our team are taking care of our clientele, um, my role is to really focus on on Monsoon's growth. No, that's good. So you, when you say focus on their growth, you're talking about sales, customer retention. What, what does that mean? So, a lot of it is going to be our offers, um, our marketing, uh, you know, sales strategies. Everything that goes with that for the company itself. Gotcha. No, that's perfect. So how long have you been with Monsoon or how long have you been doing this? So that's kind of a crazy story. Um, I started entrepreneurship in 2014 and uh, I just graduated college and I'd actually thought that I was going to be going into ministry. Ah. So I, yeah, I, I graduated I got a, you know, like a, I barely squeaked by with like a 3.0 GPA with some, you know, useless degree so that I could go to grad school and do the seminary thing. And um, my first semester when I got there, um, my dad got really sick and and collapsed while I was on on Christmas break, and uh, I went back to Fort Worth. I was doing, I was doing my thing during the semester and he kept getting worse. And I came to this realization, like, I, I can't be out here doing this while he's getting bad. And so I finished out my semester. I dropped out of grad school and I went back home to Lubbock and, you know, I'm there and I'm glad that I I went, but I'm sitting there going like, now what, you know, Mm -hmm. now what am I going to do? And so uh, some friends from college, uh, they gave me like 4% equity in their app business. They just started to just like did, yeah, to just look over the apps and like, make sure they, they function fine. And that like the user interface and the user experience was good. And so we, we started this, this app company and, uh, we kind of realized really fast that apps are incredibly difficult to sell, especially using American developers. So like, you know, an app developed in this country, not outsourced out can easily be like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and that's going low. Mm -hmm. And so 
having a couple kids, you know, out of college, trying to convince these businesses that they need an app, which is usually not always the case. Actually, it's almost never the case that you need an app. Yeah. Um, trying to sell this hundred thousand dollar software, it is it wasn't working, and so um, we decided to shift into websites because those were a little more applicable and, and easier to sell. Mm-hmm. Jumped into that, and then soon after that, I, I discovered. Uh, we discovered search engine optimization, jumped down that rabbit hole. And mm-hmm. then I kind of got into digital marketing from there and just really fell in love with it. And so um, more recently, I left that agency and I came aboard Monsoon as a partner to build out the the marketing department here in the company. And so my, my role more recently has, has shifted from only focusing on the digital marketing for our clientele and real, and it's kind of shifted into focusing on the growth of the agency itself. No, that makes sense. And I, and I commend you. So like, you know, having a family member, having issues and having to make that shift, I commend you for that. I think sometimes sure. things happen for you. We don't always think of it that way. And, uh, and who knows, maybe in the future, you'll go into ministry if that's what you want to do. Um, but just the shifting of, it's kind of funny how our lives sometimes can get interwoven. No, it's, it's super true, man. Like I, I was devastated when I moved back, you know, and I, cause everything I'd worked for, like all my experience, you know, I didn't, I didn't get like an applicable degree for business. You know, right. I, I just, everything was geared towards going down that one path and it, it took my dad, um, my dad's blood sugar dropping down to 38 and collapsing for me to, to, to come to come home and get uncomfortable and really figure out what I thought what I'm actually made to do. And mm-hmm. so what I've discovered is like I love this exponentially more than I ever loved ministry. Yep. I, I like what I do. I found a talent that I never knew that I had. And so it's it's been good, you know. Well and you had to find your own path. Actually I, I'm gonna tell you a funny little story because like when I grew up in Michigan, which is rural where I was at, um one of the things that people tried to put me into the box was to be in ministry and do that. Now I'm a Christian. I'm totally into that. That's cool. But I think sometimes we get put in what people think we should be doing. And then we find what we really like lights our heart. And it's just making that decision to move forward. I'm just, that's just where my mind went with it. Now yours was a lot more drastic. I just made a decision. No, I want to do something else. And I moved to Texas and kind of, you know, started my sales stuff there, but no, I commend you for that. So working in a business and all as a chief growth officer, what are some of the challenges that you're facing, you know, in this climate? Because I know we were talking a little bit about it beforehand with, um, you know, like everything going on. What, what challenges do you face and how are you addressing them? So right now, um, I think it, it's easy to kind of like get in this mindset of, well, since we essentially sell a digital product and a digital service that can, we can offer anywhere, um, we've got a much better chance of, of making it, right? And, and really, you've seen this a lot with uh, other businesses accepting more digital strategies like restaurants are finally starting to adopt QR codes. Yeah. Like we've really realized our need for digital. People are starting to work more at home. Uh, Zoom took off in, in a way that I've never seen a business blow up before. Um, and so it, it can be really easy to kind of assume like, oh, we're just going to crush it, right? Then you start realizing, 
oh, our clients are getting hit incredibly hard right now. Yep. And when your clients get hit hard, you get hit hard. Yeah. It, and I, I've noticed that even in my business, um, a lot of people are moving toward doing more internet stuff, but then we had to, as a company or the company had to, you know, make um, allowances for a while because, you know, sure. the mom and pop stores, the people that, you know, did more face-to-face transactions, well, their world went crazy for a while. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. perfect yet, but at least here in Texas is opening up more as, of course, you're in Lubbock. I'm in the Fort Worth area with that. Sure. <coughs> so um, it's, it's certainly gotten more competitive. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's good. You know, the crazy thing a lot of people forget is that most millionaires and most businesses actually thrive more in a depression than in a, when it's super good. And that's because the ones sure. that weren't foundationally strong go away. Not that that's happy right. for people, but I mean, it's just, it's the nature of the beast, nature of the business. Sure. And we are, we are hiring in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, yeah. so we, we grew, uh, which is, which is great, but it's definitely been more difficult than it used to be. You know, there's been, a ton of different climate changes in our industry just this year alone. Um, Apple and Google have both decided they want to limit the kind of third-party tracking they're allowing uh, to happen within, you know, third-party apps. Mm -hmm. And so Facebook and like Instagram are having a super difficult time actually tracking, you know, people's data and, offering people the relevant ads they used to be able to. And so uh, there's a lot of marketing agencies going under right now because they got way too um, romantic with one platform mm-hmm. bet bet the entire house on Facebook. And then when Apple made one policy change, their entire business model crumbled. And yeah. so um, we're seeing a lot of agencies deal with that. Uh, we're seeing prop like like Apple, Apple again with the with the mail app. They're starting to change the way that like uh, companies like Mailchimp or other email services can even track open rates and and all that. So uh, you've got a lot of agencies flying blind right now. Yeah. So for my my listeners, because a lot of them are either sales professionals or entrepreneurs or coaches that are just starting out. That's kind of what this podcast is about. How would they? Like if, if I came to you and said, hey, Travis, help me with my digital marketing strategy. How would you approach someone that's trying to grow or be adaptable in this space currently? So I, I really struggle with this sometimes because uh, what we're seeing a lot in agency land is they're going to, you're, you're going to pro- typically approach a digital agency. They've got these predetermined packages like ready to go for Facebook ads, Google ads or whatever. They work for almost everybody. They're going to tell you it's going to work. They've got results, whatever. You jump into a retainer, you pay it, and you may or may not win. Mm-hmm. All while that agency has not really spent a whole lot of time getting to know your business and certainly hasn't spent the time getting to know your customers. And so uh, what we like to do um, is we like to understand our, our clientele's clientele mm-hmm. intimately. So um, what I always want to go into with people is I, I ask business owners, like, again, like, what, you know, what are you selling? Who is your target demographic? The, the typical stuff. But then I want to go and I want to do a deep dive on the internet. I want to hop into Reddit. I want to hop onto forums and Quora and Facebook groups. 
I wonder what these guys are reading. I want to go to the reviews, like the three, the three and four star reviews mm -hmm. for these books they're reading. I want to get as much information as humanly possible. Um, and I want to understand like, what are the problems um, that as, you know, as I, Sabri Subi would say, what are the problems that people would crawl across broken glass to solve? And let's, let's craft an offer around that thing mm -hmm. and let's dominate that way. No, I love that. So from what I'm hearing you say, I'm hearing you say, you take care of your customers. You don't give them the cookie cutter. Here's your one package that works. You dig into their business. You find a niche or something that helps them out and you've set up an actual real strategy for them. Well, you, you build a, you build an offer around what the market actually wants. So there's a legendary advertiser named Eugene Schwartz. He wrote breakthrough advertising. It's one of the best ad books ever written. Mm -hmm. And he talks about this concept of mass desire. He, he says like mass desire already exists inside of markets. There are wants and needs and problems and hopes and dreams of markets that already exist. And we can't create demand with our products. We have to channel the demand that already exists into yep. the offers. So we, we need to craft offers around what people are dealing with and what people are struggling with. And so when I work with a new client, that's what I'm trying to figure out is like, who is your target demographic? And I'm not just going to be asking like, you know, what age are they? Are they male or female? What does their daily routine look like? <laughs> like like right. a lot of avatars do. I don't want to know that. I want to get a bunch of quotes from Reddit about how, you know, short-term rental uh, investors are having problems and are afraid to jump in because local city governments are just like changing the rules on them and their mm -hmm. property doesn't work great for long-term renting. Like finding those actual problems and going, okay, well, how do we build a package around, around that, this problem? Yeah. You know? And so that that's definitely where we go. Like well, you, I love you that. sell- you sell what people actually want. Yep. Which sounds crazy, but I feel like it, I feel like usually in business, what what goes down is that business owners sell what they want to sell. They sell what they they're interested in or what they think is valuable to a market. When in reality, they might not know that the rest of the market doesn't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so find out what your market actually wants, and sell them that. It's a crazy concept, but it works really well. Oh, it works amazing. It's how I make my money in sales. I, I've said this on my podcast before, but my manager would get mad at me sometimes with it. But if I can't help you, I'm going to refer you to someone I know that can because it will come back to me. But I just solve sure. problems. That's how I look at sales. And that's, I think, what separates the exceptional companies from the run of the mill companies. Because yeah, if you're just trying to push your product, push your product, people don't care. But if people realize, hey, Travis, I'm going to take care of what you need. This is the problem I hear you saying. And you say, yes, cool. Will this fix it? Well, now it's an easy yes, because you've fixed the problem. It wasn't like, hey, you need a phone and you don't even really need a phone, you know? Sure. I mean, we, we need to stop selling and start serving people Yep. because they, they can tell the difference, you know? And the best way you can serve people is to actually see them and to actually know where they are and how this actually affects their lives. They're, they're not just a number. They're not a conversion rate. They're not a, like they are, they're a human being that may have a, a family or a spouse at home or 
a, a sick parent that they're taking care of. They're people that have actual actual problems. And mm-hmm. so our job as sales professionals is to serve them and to help them alleviate their problems. Yeah, I agree. 100% agree. Like that's literally, like I said, how I sell because people care about relationship. Like I know you sure. probably get this too because you're on Facebook and all. I'll get these few that DM me and they'll just drop in my DMs and just start cold pitch me and cold pitch me. And I'm like, I finally just started using, I have a buddy named George Bryant and he has this little slogan that says relationships beat algorithms, right? So anytime I get one of these quick pitches, I just put in there relationships beat algorithms and see how they respond. <laughs> Sometimes they actually oh catch it go, oh, then other times they just keep pitching me. I'm like, and that's the people I block and delete. You have to have that connection. Yeah, I had a, so Monsoon, we're a, we're a brand first marketing agency. So um, we were founded as a, as a creative shop. And uh, I had a guy jump into my DMs from another brand agency talking about how ineffective our brand is and all that. And I I was was like, what do you know about our brand or who we're serving? Nothing. Didn't know anything. So what, I I just asked him, what do we sell? I don't know. He couldn't tell me. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, we're another brand agency, jackass. You know, (laughs) and it's just, it's just crazy. I'm like, like take four seconds to try and figure out how you can actually help somebody. And quit trying to jam your pitch down our throats. Yeah. Well, it you, doesn't even work. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is people don't realize because they get told or they get trained, oh, just contact, contact, contact. But it's impact, impact, impact. If you reach out and actually get to know someone and touch their heart, you're going to get a lot farther than just, you know, bugging people. Well, and if you if you provide value on the front end and you make a sale the easiest people to close are always your existing customers. Mm-hmm. It's so much harder to acquire new ones. Yep. So when you, if you serve them hyper well, you then have easier upsells in the future. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like I make a bunch of money doing it that as well. And I think people always are thinking, oh, I had to get the new sale. I had to get the new sale. I had to get the new sale. But like you said, if you take care of your clients and you treat them well and you do the things they need, they're going to come back and then they're going to give you referrals. I don't know. I heard this like 80, I think it's 80 to 86% of all actual marketing is word of mouth. I, I would not know how to verify that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I heard someone say, it, but it makes sense. Cause if you think about it, like sure. if you and I were sitting down to dinner and I said, Hey, you know what? I really like this Yeti mug. I like it. It's great. You know, people would tell you what they like, but if you treated them bad, they might say, Joe did this to me. And then they'll tell a ton more people. Well, sure. And, and you also got to consider the fact that word of mouth has heavily evolved in the last 20 years. Like yeah. what really is word of mouth anymore? It's reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that like, there are tons of people that will, will literally take a review. And it is, it is almost as if a family member has told them or recommended something to them because they trust reviews so much yep. or it's, social media posts, or it's, you know, so I think that word of mouth is definitely, definitely shifted. So I guess I can totally see how it could be 80%. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the exact act. I just heard someone say it. I don't know if that's the exact fact, but it just made sense to me. Cause like you said, you have the reviews, you have the Facebook, the Instagrams, the different things that people are on. You have people hanging out, talking, you know, it's, I think it's more important now to treat your customers better than it was even before. Back in the day, you could, you know, 
screw a person and no one but if the people they knew would find out about it. now you if you don't treat your customers right the world can know about it easily and and then you're sunk yeah. you know because people are going to people are going straight for the bad reviews and and here's the other thing people are exponentially more motivated to leave a bad review than a good review period yeah. like the number of like the number of times where like i think every review i've ever left for a company has been bad I can't think of a time where I've left a positive review and it's not because I haven't had a good experience. It's just because like when somebody wrongs me, I'm exponentially more motivated to like, to get them or to like warn people than I am Mm -hmm. about like telling the world and singing the praises of a company that took care of me really well. Um, And that, that actually sucks really bad now that I'm admitting that out loud, but I think it's just, it's just kind of the nature of, but, of people. but that's human nature. If you think about it, like, I mean, I think I have done a couple of nice reviews because they, the company just did something over the top, but normally sure. we expect our companies and our people to take care of us, to treat us with respect, to give us a fair value. That's what's expected. Mm-hmm. So when that doesn't happen, we're like, Oh, wait a minute, this is not good. When it does happen, sure. we might say thank you, but we don't think about it as much. Right. So let's go, let's shift a little bit here. What type of books and all are you reading right now? Any like book recommendations you would have? Oh man. Uh, there's a lot of really great ones. Um, I've got a, I've got one I'm really excited to read right now. It's called a hundred million dollar deals by Alex Ramosi. I have He's not like read a- it, but I've been going through a course on it. So someone else has read it and they're do- teaching this course. I like you're the eighth person to tell me about this book. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to read it. Uh, I, I, I pulled the trigger on Amazon last night. I'm, I'm amped about that. Um, I'm actually reading really slowly through a, a breakthrough advertising by Eugene Schwartz. I, mm-hmm. I quoted him earlier. Um, it's brilliant and it is dense. Um, so that's really good. Um, I really like Sell Like Crazy by Sabri Subi. Okay. I think that one is is incredibly good. Um can't think of any, uh, any other off the top of my head i'm reading i'm reading all the time but like those mm-hmm. are those are some of the standouts for me yeah for no sure. i'm with you like i'm reading atomic habits right now by uh yes, james cleary that's that's been in my uh my audiobooks my workouts yeah. is uh is atomic habits everyone's been raving about that book and for good reason yeah i again when i have so many because like you i have a bunch of people in the entrepreneurial space and when they're all raving about a book I make sure I put that on my list. So like I read Winnie oh, yeah. by Tim Grover. I read, um, oh crap, the one by Jocko, Extreme Ownership. And then now I'm reading yeah, that's this one. of my favorites. One. Yep, yep. Extreme always, Ownership's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm always trying just to get a little bit better, 1% every day. Not that it's oh, ever sure. going to be perfect, but just a little bit better. So and- would you have any like, and I know you made the joke about uh, daily habits or stuff, but life is structured. You seem to be a pretty structured guy. How would sure. you say someone coming maybe into the digital marketing space or entrepreneurship or anything, what tips would you give them on like structuring their day or anything in that type of realm to be successful? Um, man, it's hard because it just depends on what they're, what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Um, there's this really great concept. Have you heard of the 80, 20 rule? Okay. So it's this idea for those that don't know that 20% of your inputs get 80% of your outputs and 80% of your inputs get 20% of your outputs. So 
you need to start focusing and finding out what are the what are the twenty percent of tasks in your company that are going to build eighty percent of the revenue growth. Th- those that's the thing I I always tell people they need to start looking for first, and th- and that's how they need to start structuring like most of their time around. But what's even crazier is you can actually eighty twenty rule the eighty twenty rule, and so what ends up happening there is four percent of your inputs are getting sixty four percent of your outputs which is pretty bonkers. Yeah. So it's like, if you can identify what, what are the 4% of tasks or actions within your company, that's going to generate 64% of your revenue growth. Like that is where you need to, to kind of park. That's where you need to really focus and put your head down. Um, I think far too often we get bogged down by by emails and all kinds of just useless tasks that like it make us makes us feel busy, but it actually doesn't move the ball up the field at all for you. Yeah, agreed, a hundred percent. I actually did a post on time blocking and doing what I would call levers, but same concept of what's going to make your business or your sales job or what you're doing more successful. Because sure. busy work is busy work. It's no good. It's just busy work. It's not getting you any closer to your goals. It's not helping anyone. Right. And it's like the, that, that, that person can definitely wait for you to email them back to the, the end of the day. It's yeah. going to be okay. You know? So yeah, finding, finding that 4% of, of things is the most important thing you could probably do in your company uh, whenever you're trying to carve out your role and, and what you need to be doing. Um, it's honest, it's honestly a big reason why um, I'm starting to focus so much more on, on monsoon's growth itself. Um, Cause I, I realized that like, we were taking, we're, we're taking care of our customers. And that is incredibly important is to offer a great service. Um, we, we believe super strongly in like offering a solid, honest service, providing real results, doing real research for our customers, but we just weren't taking care of our own stuff. And so I've been building my role around that 4%, figuring out what are the 4% of things they're going to drive 64% of our revenue. And I've, I've built my, my role um, on top of that foundation. No, I love that. That's great. I always like to do this in the middle. Tell people where they can find you and your company. Yeah, it's, it's growwithmonsoon.com and uh, all of our social media handles are grow with monsoon as well. I think we'll eventually make the, uh, the play on monsoon.com one of these days, but I think they're asking for a, a huge chunk of change. So we'll see what happens. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I just always like to do that in the middle. Cause you know, sometimes people fall off at the end or <coughs> they oh, may yeah. not see no everything. So I do no have this one question. I love asking. Um, it's a little okay. bit of an off the wall out there question, uh, but it's, okay. it's to do with learning and stuff. You can go back in time as far as you want, or you can go forward in time as far as you want. You get to stay for one year. You get to learn from one person and then you get to bring that knowledge back here. Where would you go? Who would you meet? And what would you learn? 100%. I would go and spend a year working under David Ogilvie at his agency. Nice. Who is David Ogilvie? David Ogilvie uh, was one of the partners for Ogilvie and Mather. And they were the masterminds behind a ton of, uh, of like the, the big ads back uh, back in their heyday. So, I mean, they, they had clients like Volkswagen, like all a bunch of the major brands, you know, now mm-hmm. um, you potentially know because of Ogilvy and Mather's work. And, oh, nice. uh, and I, I really believe that a lot of the concepts that like 
Ogilvy taught um, guys like Eugene Schwartz have taught Claude Hopkins have taught. They're actually more that they're actually just, just as applicable today as they were back then. And so I'm just a, I'm a real student of um, the things that aren't going to change. Right. So um, I want to really focus whenever I'm learning, I want, I want to focus on persuasion because, or, or human psychology, because that stuff hasn't really shifted that much, but everyone is building their entire business and their entire skill set on platforms. And so that's a big problem because again, like we were talking about earlier, Facebook has a, a huge conundrum and like you have all these agencies having to close their doors or, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an email marketer and you've based everything on like what kind of open rates you get, well, you your open rates are all messed up now because you don't know, you don't know which of your customers are using the Apple mail app. And so I think when you build your entire foundation, your, all your skills, all your expertise on platforms, um, those things are fleeting. Those things are going to change, but what isn't going to change offer like offer crafting offer crafting is not going to change problems and pain points. Those aren't like, that is always going to be a pivotal thing in business and sales. Yeah. Like, so camping out and on those things and learning those things and mastering those things, that's what, that that's where you need to focus. And then that's, that's where you need to learn. And so you ask me that I, I can't help but think of like how incredibly uh, interesting it'd be to have lived and uh, have worked with David Ogilvy. No, that's really cool. Cause I did, I'm a, like, you know, I'm a salesperson, but I'm not in the marketing side as much. So like sure. when you mentioned it and brought it, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That would be great to be able to just like yeah. learn and listen. And you mentioned, you brought some really cool points. One, be adaptable because the markets are always going to change. Two, there are yep. certain principles that are always going to be there, like treating your customer well, finding the pain point, serving your customer. And yep. three, always be learning and growing because you have to be adaptable. That's the, the, the thread I keep hearing from you when you're talking is just, you're always looking, you dig deep into things to make sure you're taking care of your customer so you can serve them the best. Well, it's, it's investing in knowledge that's going to be good in 20 years. And so, you know, if, if you have spent your entire career focusing on one platform and developing skills, one platform, the investment you've put your, like you, the, the time investment you've put into learning that is not going to compound for you. It will, it will come to an end, you know, within the next decade. But if you are focused on good salesmanship, customer service, human psychology, like, you know, customer research, et cetera, those things aren't going anywhere. Like right. if you, if you get really, really good at sales, like you're set, you know, you'll be able to make money in any decade you work. Yeah. Well, and it's all about getting what I like to say, transferable skill sets. So like in my sales career, I've sold heavy equipment, oil and gas investments. I've sold uh, fiber internet solutions. And I've sold windows and doors. Like it just doesn't matter. The sales process is a sales process. The same thing sure. with, with certain things. You just have to be able to adapt into, okay, in this realm, I'm going to have to operate this way. Well, Facebook might've been working for me before, but now I'm going to have to use LinkedIn. Or maybe now I'm going to actually have to pick up the phone and talk to people. It's just being sure. adaptable. Definitely. Right. No, I like that. But, the, but your skill set's going to, going to work on all those platforms. Yeah. And it's going to get grow and get better because you have, different angles you have to learn and grow to be able to work those platforms. 
Sure. Yeah. So what other words of wisdom um, do you have for my listeners? Like it can be about family life and health. It can be business, whatever you want. Man, I think one of the, um, one of the biggest lessons I've been learning this year is the power of incremental growth, like incremental. I, uh, I've always felt that I've, I've always been this like all or nothing kind of person. And so if I wanted to, if I wanted to go and lose weight, I needed to go on the most extreme diet that I could get on. And I need to be like doing all kinds of crazy exercise and CrossFit and just, just, I need to change my sleep schedule. I need to change my workout routines, my diet. I need to change my, my brain. I need, I need to change <laughs> yeah. it all right now. Right. Yeah. All at one time. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, am not, I haven't been the most regimented person in my life until recently. It's, it's been pretty crazy. Like, um, I try, I attempted, I attempted 75 hard mm-hmm. and I know you completed it because you're a beast. Well, uh, <laughs> hold on, but I completed it, but I've completed it twice and I've tried it six times. So, oh my, it's, okay. I didn't. It, yes. It's not one still, of those one and done. It. Yeah. You still got it. Yeah. I, so I got to like, I got to like day 22 and I was helping my business partners move and I twisted my ankle, mm-hmm. couldn't get the workouts done. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just attempt this again when my, when my ankle is doing better. And, uh, it took a while to, yeah. to get, you know, everything mended up, but, uh, what I learned from 75 hard was the importance of like having a power list and like uh, being really regimented and being really structured. And so what I started doing was I started looking at like my entire life and everything that I wanted to change. So like I said, I, I was always, 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 always all or nothing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm changing my sleep, diet, exercise, you know, everything you know, all at one time. And that's just not even possible. No, no, not it's at all. It's just not. And so I started looking and I'm like, okay, um, my, my dad passed at the beginning of last year. And ever since he got sick, my sleep has been horrendous. Mm-hmm. It's just been super bad. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to focus on sleep. That's it. I'm not going to worry about what I'm eating. I'm not going to worry about my exercise right now. I'm going to take this one thing. And I'm going to deconstruct it. So what do I need to do? to get better sleep. Oh, I want to, I'm going to take a good magnesium supplement, right? I'm going to implement an earlier bedtime. I'm going to get away from screens as early as I can, mm-hmm. you know, all these things to try and like work my way into sleep. And so then what I, what I did is I focused on that one thing, that habit building for like 30 to 60 days. And I got to where I was sleeping really well. I'm like, oh, okay, I want to start going to the gym. And so I'm like, okay, I want to go to the gym every morning at like 6 a.m. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go every single day to the gym. And my goal is not to work out. My goal is to go to walk into the men's locker room. That's the goal. That's it. And that's the hard, that's the hardest step of all of it. And once you're in the locker room, you're like, well, I might as well, I might as well lift. I might as well lift. And then I I get in a full workout. And so, and so then I, I do that. I've been doing that for the last six months. Mm-hmm. And so, and now I'm like, I'm now I'm starting to finally like dial in the diet. 
And so what I've, what I've been learning over this year, when I'm starting to see really like great results and I fixed my sleep, I'm starting to fall in love with the gym for the first time. Like really like look at all the things you want to change in your life and quit trying to change them all at one time because you're not going to succeed. It's not, it doesn't work that way. You don't just cold Turkey change all of your habits and all of your bad habits into good habits, right? That's just not how, how that happens. And so take, take apart all the things that you want to change. You want to fix your sleep cycle. You want to, you want to work out more. You want to, you want to reel in your diet, take those things apart, you know, and, and reverse engineer what you're wanting for each of those things, but just focus on building one habit at a time. Yeah. It's, it's completely game changing. Like think, think of like, like, can you remember what you were doing in 2017? No, I had to think hard to remember everything I'm doing. And then the, the point I'm trying to make is like, like, think of like what you were doing. I don't know, last year or the year before. And like, we're always like thinking about and talking about how fast time goes. Oh, it feels like yesterday it was 2020. It feels like yesterday mm-hmm. it was 2019, 2018. Time is flying by. And it's going to fly by at the same rate that it always has just tick, tick, ticking away. And it's going to, it's going like the next two years are going to get here as fast as they always have. And you can decide where you're going to be in those two years. Yep. You know? And so it's going to get here quick, even if it feels like it's far off. So some people are like, Oh, I got to lose all the weight in six months. Why? You know, why do you have to lose? Why the rush? You know, just get on the path, get on something sustainable change your, change your bad habits into good habits one at a time. And, and like, you're going to get there. I love that. No, I totally love that. Cause I was thinking about actually 2017, I was 210. We went to Disney. I just remembered. And that's when I started my whole health journey. I'm 185 today, but there's been that ups and downs through that whole time. There was times when I was like really dialed in and then there's times where I wasn't, but what you said was kind of funny. Have you read atomic habits yet? Or is it on your list? Um, I'm in the middle of it right now. Okay, so cool. I, I started this before I read Atomic Habits because I, I, I just kind of realized like what I'm doing is just not working mm-hmm. and I'm tired of telling my friends I'm on another diet or yeah. like, you know, I'll be, I'll be like working out for a little bit of like, guys, I think this is the one, you know? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, I know, I know good and well that I've said this a hundred times before, you know? And uh, I came to this, that realization, like, and it really threw 75 hard. I'm like, dude, it's really great to be disciplined. It's really mm-hmm. good to be regimented. It's actually like, I was actually happier, you know, being disciplined and regimented than I was just being like free form and like no game plan, no, no time blocks for my day. No, like 75 hard taught me how to plan. Yeah. And it taught, it taught me like, it, it showed me that I was actually happy doing that. So even though I, I didn't ever jump back into 75 hard, the lesson that it had for me was that uh, like there is so much happiness and discipline. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I started applying that to just focusing on one habit at a time, I actually started seeing things move. Which is so, the whole point of it. So like, right. I, I agree with you. It's totally the whole point. It's getting your life structured so you can design it and be fulfilled in what you're doing. Like, I mean, that's really the whole thing. So I like that whole 
just do the one thing because it takes the whole pressure of being perfect off or walking, just walk into the gym. Because, you know, if you walk into the gym and go into the locker room, like, well, crap, I'm here. Like you said, you're going to do it, but it's just making it a sure. simple thing you can do. That's perfect. I love it. Like I know conceptually whenever I'm driving the gym, that there's a good chance that it'll be back in bicep day, but I don't hold myself to it. What I hold myself to is walk into the locker room. Yep. That's it. Go and get, get into the locker room and you can literally drive back home and jump back in bed with your, with your wife and go back to sleep if you want to, you know, but just go to the locker room, you know, find a, find a very simple goal that you can hit every single day just to reinforce that habit. Now, if I'm not in the, if I'm going to the gym, like I didn't go to the gym for a part of Thanksgiving week, mm -hmm. I felt extremely weird. Yep. And yep. Uh, you know, now I'm able to get up, go to the gym at like five or six, and it's not really a big problem. It's not a, it's not an issue. I just walk back in the locker room, put my stuff up, go work out. I don't even really think about, you know, am I going to do it? Am I going to lift today? Or am I going to touch the wall? Which one? I don't know yet. You know, but now it's just like, it's just become just super simple. Yeah. Because now it's become your new norm. So now yeah, it's become the it. habit that you do, which now you're more empowered because you're more structured, you're more set up. So you're good to go. And then you can do it and add the next one. Well, James Clear talks a lot about an atomic habits, about how like a lot of our habits become, come from like who we believe our identity is, you know? And so as I'm, you know, and then like the, the, every time you do your habit, it's like a vote in that direction. Right. So um, every single day that I walk into the locker room for me is they vote towards Travis Swearingen is an athlete. And yep. so now I'm feeling more and more like an athlete all the time. And I, I don't know, I'm, my health is improving. My cardio is getting better all the time, you know? So yeah, I, I guess like to kind of sum, to kind of summarize like what you, what you asked, like wisdom that I have for, for your listenership is do not underestimate the power of like 1% better every day. It's not just a cutesy saying, and it's not, it's not a low goal. It's a incredibly effective and super powerful way to change your life pretty quickly. No, I love that. I, I appreciate that. That that's awesome. Thank you again, Travis, for being on the show. Um, it's been a blast to have you. Any other sure. parting thoughts before I let them go? I'm great, man. I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for having me on, man. I, I really love the show and I love what you're doing with it. And uh, kudos for getting, you know, into the fifties on the episodes. I know, I don't know. Most podcasts don't make it past 15 episodes yeah. and you're past that threshold and you have all the momentum in the world, bro. You're doing great things. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Travis. And thank you everyone for listening to the 150 K podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, uh, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Please share this with your friends, your family, anyone that you think could benefit from it. Please like, review, comment. Uh, that's how I get built up in the algorithm so more people can hear this. I read them. I appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time, just get 1% better. It's worth it.